job, guys and gal. Grace and peace to y'all from the Lord our Jesus Christ. Amen. Um, where's Kate at? Hey, Kate, my boy. I wanted to tell you a happy birthday. Your birthday was yesterday. And I wanted to let you know, and all the kids in the room today, um, I, I find it a very special treat to have y'all in here uh, during the service. And you may not know it or not, but I promise you the word is hitting your little earballs too. And the, I pray that the Lord will use this time to bring you good news. Because um, uh, the word is not just for us adults in big church. It's also for each and every one of you. So I uh, pray the Lord adds a blessing to your hearts and lives today also as everyone else in the room. Um, we're going to kick right into the sermon this morning. Uh, if you turn with me to... Matthew chapter 14, starting with verse 14 through verse 21. And we read, when he, and that he is Jesus, when he went ashore, he saw a great crowd and he had compassion on them and healed their sick. Now, when it was evening, the disciples came to him and said, This is a desolate place, and the day is now over. Send the crowds away to go into the villages and buy food for themselves. But Jesus said, They need not go away. You give them something to eat. They said to him, We have only five loaves here and two fish. And he said, Bring them here to me. Then he ordered the crowds to sit down on the grass and take in the five loaves and the two fish. He looked up to heaven and said a blessing. Then he broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples, and the disciples gave them to the crowds. And they all ate and were satisfied. And they took up 12 baskets full of the broken pieces left over. And those who ate were about 5,000 men besides women and children. May God add a blessing to the reading of his word. Uh, this miracle that's referenced here that Jesus performed, many of you may know it as a reference to it as uh, the miracle of the feeding of the 5,000. Maybe you remember even in Sunday school the, uh, the lesson of you know, the, the two fish and the, the five loaves of bread. Um, another thing to point out, if you caught the very end of that passage, and I never knew this or didn't think about this till recently because it was always called the feeding of the 5,000. But if you, if you read the text in Matthew, it says the feeding of the, fa the 5,000 were men. And so and then it said besides women and children. So the odds are is that there was a lot larger crowd there if you included the women and the children that were there as well. So we, we, we know this is a feeding of 5,000, but it's even beyond what we may comprehend or think of even more in that one sitting. The story of this miracle is primarily about Jesus and about his desire and ability to choose when and how to provide for the children of God. This miracle is also referenced in all four Gospels. You know, the different Gospels, they have a different take on things or a different perspective. And for whatever reason, 
this miracle was included in all of the four. And it's also very interesting to look at the context and the bigger picture of what's going on here. Because if you read just a few verses before this passage, you know that Jesus has just been told that John the Baptist, his cousin, his friend, the one who baptized him in the Jordan, had been beheaded. And Jesus, he was 100% God, he's also 100% man. Imagine your cousin, your friend, the word you're just getting news is no longer with us here in this world. John the Baptist, even Jesus said that John the Baptist, truly I say to you, among those born of women, there has arisen no one greater than John the Baptist. So Jesus liked him. (laughs) And he just received that word. In verse 13, it says, Now when Jesus heard this, he withdrew from there in a boat to a desolate place by himself. But when the crowds heard it, they followed him on foot from the towns. Jesus wanted to be alone. He wanted to go be alone. He was trying to socially distance himself. To mourn his friend. But the crowds wouldn't let him do that. They kept coming after Jesus. And Jesus is different. He, I'm skipping ahead. I, I'll, I'll circle back to this point. He's different like you and me. Verse 14, we read that we read right past that talks about the sick, but that language that is being used here is more than just sick. It's people who are feeble, people who are weak, people who are broken, people who cannot help themselves. They can't solve their own issue. And what happened? Jesus, in his time of great sorrow, he sees the crowd and he has compassion on them. And this is a different kind of compassion than what you and I are used to. It's the compassion that God has for his children. That God has for those whom he loves. He had compassion on them. This compassion is very similar to the same kind of compassion that Jesus had when he stood in front of the tomb of Lazarus and he saw his friend and the people around him and his loved ones very, very distraught over that Lazarus has died. That same compassion that moved Christ to act with just a word to tell a dead man to come to him. That same kind of compassion is now feeding the multitude out of very small things. When he sees people in need, this compassion moves Christ to act. He is engulfed in this divine passion. I want us today to focus on the compassion of Jesus. Jesus suffered with and for his people. If you are stricken with guilt and maybe question God's mercy, I am here to tell you about the compassion and love that God has specifically for you. Verse 15, the disciples said, hey, this, it's evening. So notice, it started in the morning, so it's evening now. He's been healing people all day. He's probably worn out. And the disciples said, this is a desolate place. This is a desolate place. And yet Jesus said, don't send them away. You feed them. Crowds 
that came to hear Jesus or came to be with Jesus came from all the cities. The disciples wanted to send them to the near, nearby small villages. That crowd would have overwhelmed the villages that were there. Jesus says, you feed them, and all they have is a little lunch. That's ridiculous. That's almost silly to see that huge crowd of people and for Jesus to say, you feed them, and all they have is two fish and five loaves. It's a joke, right? Jesus tells the crowd to sit down and relax. And he does something with the bread and fish that sounds an awful like what he does at the supper. He breaks it. And he blesses it. And then miracles start to happen from his hands and from his word. He begins to pass it out to its recipients, something real. This isn't some make-believe story. It's real. Imagine being there, and this is bread. It just keeps coming and keeps coming. This is fish that keeps coming and keeps coming, and people are eating until they're satisfied. Not little hors d'oeuvres, not little side things until they were done. So much so that they had 12 baskets left over for how many disciples? 12. All those were left over, right? More than enough. More than an abundance. More than what was expected and more that should be possible. In his hand, and he uses his word to take this stuff, something as simple and common as bread and fish, and feeds more than what appears to be possible. Because with man, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. Jesus takes what the disciples bring him, which isn't much, he blesses it and gives it to the disciples to feed the crowd, and they were satisfied. And I want to go back and take a look at something in the text, which I almost went into a second ago. The disciples that came to him said, this is a desolate place. Jesus, looking at the crowd, moved with compassion, was unwilling that they should perish. And that is the gospel. Jesus sees you. And Jesus sees me in a desolate place where there is no life, there is no hope, nothing but death, sin, hell, and the grave, desolate. When you lack everything you need to survive and he is moved with compassion to act, to do something about it because he is unwilling for you to perish. Which is funny because Jesus is willing to do a lot of things. He is willing to do lots of stuff. Become flesh and blood. Live and grow up in nowhere, Nazareth. What good can come out of Nazareth? He's willing to grow up there. Be homeless. Jesus was homeless. He's willing to use things like water, bread, wine, his word, mud, spit, his clothes, to heal and distribute gifts to those whom he loves. He is willing to assume the sins of the whole world on himself. He is willing to die for those sins on a bloody cross full of shame. He is willing to redeem us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. But he is unwilling for you to perish. He has compassion for you just as much today as he had compassion on that crowd in front of him that he distributed out the bread and the fish. That same compassion that he has back then is just the same and just as real for each and every one of us in this room.
the motivation behind the incarnation, the coming of Christ, the suffering on the cross for the world is God's compassion for the world. While they were in a desolate place of sin, death, hell, devil, and the grave. While I was a sinner, Christ died for me. While you were a sinner, Christ died for you. His compassion for you is like nothing else in history or existence. Because scripture does not tell us that the angels got a redemption plan. One act of rebellion and they were done, sir, done. I rebel every day. In my sin, in my failure to live a perfect and holy life, and not once, not once does the Father not come looking for me, and not once has he ever left me or forsake me. Why? Because Christ died for me. His compassion for you knows no limits. And it comes one way. Him for you, Christ for you, in a real way. So much so that he would die to have you. He would lay down his life so that he could raise up yours. And that's awesome. That, that is marvelous. That is wonderful. Never forget the for you-ness of Christ. It is comfort in times when you are in despair. I know that many of you here this morning have physical needs, but I know that all of us deep down have a deep, eternal need that each and every one of us all have right now. We even more so need Jesus' mercy and forgiveness. We all do. Well, good news. We have mercy and forgiveness, courtesy of the person and work of Jesus Christ, all as a gift of God's grace for us. This miracle is not just a story. It happened, and he really provides for us today, both physically and spiritually. Because of his compassion for his creation, Jesus willingly suffered to provide for all people of all time. Through his Son and by the power of his Spirit, God the Father offers mercy for mistakes from the past and forgiveness for the sins of the present. His forgiveness is ultimately the only source of true and lasting satisfaction. And there is always more left over to share with others. Let this comfort you throughout this week. And look for opportunities to share this good news with others. Look for opportunities to be reminded of how much God loves you. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. Good job, Pastor Zach. Hallelujah. Didn't he do a fine job? I know this is not uh, rehearsed, but would the team, would the, the, the band come back up just for a second? Just in the closing moments of the service. Hallelujah. We were singing earlier on about the promise keeper, the miracle worker. I hope you all know who that is. His name is Jesus. And I'm just going to ask the Lord, just in the closing moments of this service, and they'll sing that after I've finished praying. But if there's a need this morning, 
just you can raise your hand right where you are. I don't have to know the needs because I serve a miracle-working God. I serve a promise keeper who knows all about us, who knows all about every need that we have, every need that we have in the, in the night watches through the night when we're speaking to him and we, we get up and get out of our beds and we sit and we, and we pray. He knows all about us. He knows all about all the obstacles that come in, in our way. Hallelujah. If you've got a need this morning, just raise your hand right where you are, no matter what it is. I know that there are many here this morning. Hallelujah with needs. Father, I just come into your presence as we've been in your presence this morning, Lord Jesus, and we realize that you're an all-loving God. We realize afresh and we know, Lord, without any shadow of doubt that you love us and that you care for us. As you heard in the word of the table, Lord, and as you heard throughout this whole service, Jesus, how much you care for us. Father, as I see the hands raised this morning, each and every one, you know them all. Hallelujah. And I pray for them because I love them and I care for them. And I know that you care for them more than ever I will. But I do love them and I do care. And I'm calling upon you this morning, Lord, your miracle-working power to come in and through this congregation today, through each and every one, as you see their hands raised, Lord, you minister to them. Hallelujah. You feed them this morning, Lord Jesus. You feed the need that they have in their lives. Oh, Lord, we give you thanks today for being in your presence. We give you thanks for being that miracle worker. We give you thanks for being that promise keeper. And we're just asking for healing right now in Jesus' name. And for Josiah, so he's not here this morning, we pray for him, that little boy that needs a miracle of a new heart. We pray for him and his family that they will receive the desires of their heart, that we'll push on through beyond what we can fathom in our natural minds. And we take ourselves up into the supernatural and give it over to you, a supernatural heavenly father that cares for us, that can do all things, and we can do all things through you, Lord Jesus. And we give you thanks this morning with a grateful heart. In Jesus' name. And we all said? Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. As the team is singing this morning, I would like for the folks at that side, you'll just go out through that doors and fellowship down in the back. Hallelujah. Don't congregate in the back steps down the stairs. And know that we're here for you. If you need us, please call. Hallelujah. If you have a need in your heart and in your life, whatever it may be, we'll pray for Jesse this morning, that the Lord will undertake for her. Pray for Sandy as she 